Hello everybody and welcome to the Cane and Rinse podcast, volume 11, issue 528. And today, finally, it gives me great pleasure to say we're going to be talking about Psychonauts 2. Not that the game is particularly old, but uh, the fact that we had to wait for it so long, I suppose, is a thing. Anyway, joining me, Leon Cox, in this issue, Leah Haydu. Hi, hello. Tony Atkins. Yeah, hello. I thought I'd scat your name for some reason. And welcome to the show for the first time. It's a friend of Michiel's, Peter Sheffer. Hi there. Hi. And also, also Dutch musician, writer and gamer, presenter of Dutch podcast about retro games. Excuse me, Ridders Fonda Retro Tafel. I'm going to guess that means uh, it's probably like stories from the retro table, but maybe it's riddles from the retro <laughs> tapas. No, it's it's uh, it's the literal translation is uh, Knights of the Retro Retro Table. So it's Knights. Uh, it's ah. wordplay on the on the Knights of the Round Table, of course. I like it. Yeah. And the uh, Red, Red Round Table didn't sound nice, and uh, it's uh, yeah. but it's cool. yeah. And uh, and there, the first English episode is coming up, and that's oh. uh, and then I'm rebranding it that uh, to. To keep it different from the Dutch version, oh, I uh, see. Knights of the Retro Table because uh, it's very cool. <laughs> also, very difficult to pronounce. If you have to do Dutch. two shows each each time or whatever. No, one I'm going. Each. I'm going to do an English spoken one uh, every month. Well, starting off with that, of course, if it really would take off or it's uh, really successful or whatever, then I'm uh, ramping it up to two uh, every month. But I'm um, starting off with one, one, uh, yeah, one episode a month with uh, with Michiel also as a as a fellow knight. Oh, very good. Yeah. He does get around. He he's does. A, he's yeah, a, he's, a, he's a dirty whore that Michiel. He, start, he started with us, and now he's spread himself across multiple outlets. Uh, he's it's a very disgrace, cheap. I tell you. Yeah, he's cheap. That is it. He's cheap in every sense. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, hi, Mikhail, if you're listening to this. Psychonauts 2. We love you, buddy. Yeah. Of course we do. Uh, is a 3D action comedy platformer and the sequel to Psychonauts from 2005. We covered that game in a podcast. It was still in the swearing days. Back in issue number 99 of the Cane and Rinse podcast, it was uh, myself joined with uh, James and Josh, both still here and with us. So you can go back and listen to that one. I haven't. I have no idea if it's worthwhile. But anyway, we talked about the first game. I'm sure it was uh, an entertaining chat. It doesn't feel like it was nine years ago, but here we are. The Steam Store blurb for Psychonauts 2. So this is official, says combining quirky missions and mysterious conspiracies. Psychonauts 2 is a platform adventure game with cinematic style and tons of customizable psychic powers. Psychonauts 2 serves up danger, excitement and laughs in equal measure as players guide Raz on a journey through the minds of friends and foes on a quest to defeat a murderous psychic villain. We'll issue our usual spoiler warning at this point in case we talk about uh, events in the game, which we probably will. Let's start off, though, by finding out our histories with the game and indeed with Psychonauts, the original, if we have one. Peter, I think you're here because Mikhail identified you as somebody who was a big fan of the Psychonauts. Um, yeah, well, I'm, I'm more of a fan of Tim Schafer and I, uh, <laughs> I have... I haven't finished the first Psychonauts game still. Even I can understand I, that. I am indeed a, I am indeed a fan, um, but 
I'm not I'm not someone who has played Psychonauts all the way through multiple times. Of course, I for this not show really. I did finish Psychonauts too. Of course, but it's uh, good stuff. Yeah, mainly a fan of Tim Schafer and his his whole uh, sense of humor and his vision on the gaming industry. Uh, well, the, the the games he has put out. Um, yeah, I think they're nearly always lovely and they're at least interesting. At uh, yeah, always for sure. Yeah. And uh, on what platform did you play Psychonauts 2? Uh, on the Xbox One X. I uh, still haven't upgraded to the newest uh, Tower Power, sure. Tower of Power, but it's... Uh, no, I, I played it on my Xbox One X um, sure, this, sure. this week. It was a lovely experience. Cool, cool. Leah, how about you? Were you on board from back in the day with Psychonauts 1? Actually, no. Uh, I played Psychonauts 1 uh, for the first time last year, I think. Uh, it might have been early this year, but I had never actually played it before. I mm. um, So I, and I'm, I'm glad that I did. Uh, I don't think that you really need to in order to get Psychonauts 2, which I'm sure we'll, we'll discuss, but I, I don't think that's necessarily what you have to do, especially since there is like a last time on feature if you want it. Yeah. Um, but I did, and then I played through Psychonauts 2 on the Series X, uh, the Game Pass version, um, uh, over the past week, week and a half or so, and, um, yeah, I, I had not, um, played any of Psychonauts 2 before then, but I have, uh, gone through the whole series, as it were, I guess two games is technically a series, right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. uh, so... And you've played it on uh, what format, just out of interest? Uh, me? Uh, the Series X. Xbox Series mm -hmm. X. Nice. Tony, yourself and the Psychonauts. Yeah, so I played the, the Psychonauts, uh, Psychonauts in 2005 on the original Xbox. Yes. Um, I guess a checkered history of that game. It's a very good game in the fact that it was incredibly ambitious and you it felt unique at the time in a kind of a, a time period when the xbox was trying to be a bit more kind of i don't know do broed but it took a long time for that game to come out there and there's a pretty a big checkered history and i'm sure you guys covered it way back in issue 99 Probably. <laughs> i, I hope so yeah <laughs> but um you know it's a relatively tricky game to complete and yes. uh it's a game that i have been back to in recent time just because it is back compared and you know seeing how it looks like in a, in a modern context um but not found mm. the uh the effort to play for it again but yeah really unique loved it back then um as for psychonauts 2 i didn't play it on launch primarily because i knew this show was coming up later in the year and i wanted to have a kind of fresh take on the game for then i played it i i I gave it like half an hour, 40 minutes just to see what it was all about. And, yeah, I was excited for it, realized we were going to be covering it now and then just held off uh, what I played it on. Xbox Series X. Um, yeah, by Game Pass as well. So I played Psychonauts 1, I guess, eight years after it had come out for this podcast. <laughs> and at that time, it seemed like it was quite an old creaky game. And now mm. it's another nine years older than that. <laughs> so I've it's actually longer again. Um, I had mixed feelings about the game. It was uh, typically sweet and charming and funny in many ways, but also actually playing the thing was uh, was a mixture of uh, clever and surprising and imaginative, but also occasionally profoundly frustrating 
in particular <laughs> a, a couple of famous levels the meat circus yeah. uh, and so on and yeah some of some of that game hadn't aged particularly well well maybe wasn't uh wasn't that great when it first arrived hadn't aged particularly well eight years later and nine years on i don't know but actually it probably is only a few bits and this game has an enormously affectionate and dedicated fan base so it was a surprise really that it took as long as it did for them to uh to launch the campaign to raise the funds for this game in 2015 um through fig um and they were seeking th over three million dollars they'd already done the kickstarter for broken age at this point but were still a, an independent studio and i guess not didn't have the financial wherewithal to just invest the money or get the investors to invest the money um but yeah soon after they started the campaign that's when they announced the rhombus of ruin vr stuff which seemed kind of wacky and frivolous at the time but in the end they raised four million dollars from twenty four thousand backers um, they also had some investment from Starbreeze Studios, $8 million. Um, and, uh, and of course, in the end, they were acquired as, uh, by Microsoft as part of Xbox Game Studios, but the game was already happening for PlayStation, hence it exists on there as well. Uh, they also hired during the process uh, Zach McClendon, formerly of 2K Marin and Harmonix as, uh, as lead designer, along with, with Tim Schafer. Um, I've drifted off into the history of the game, but I've just played it. Yeah, for this show on the on the Xbox Series X on Game Pass. Um, yes, it was. Uh, I haven't bought it because it was on Game Pass. Um, and presumably, and I, it will always be there because it's possibly so. Industry. Yeah, uh, I didn't fund it. I didn't pay. Well, I suppose we're paying for it with our yeah. monthly subscription, aren't we? So uh, there's a physical edition coming out. Uh, very good point. It's uh, nice. Very soon. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I think. Uh, quite a few of us weren't even really aware of the fact that there hadn't been a physical edition up to that point. Uh, it was, um, I think there was a sort of general assumption. We, you know, we'd all downloaded our Game Pass copies and mm -hmm. gone, well, hey, that's great. I like this service. And then uh, without sort of really, yeah, clocking the fact that there, you couldn't go into a shop and buy it because how many of us pop down the game shops and pick up physical what games? What a terrible situation we are in. <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> well, I, I still uh, tend to buy games physically, even though I have Game Pass. Uh, but, yeah. well, I, I'm, I'm not shelling out the full price when it's also on Game Pass. I'm sure. going to be honest about that. And, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, for but, sure. Yeah. No, I, I also am uh, I, I'm a physical game person. I ha I'm a hoarder. It's terrible. But I <laughs> I do tend to particularly if it is something that is um available on one of the services i'm already subscribed to i i, I agree i wouldn't i wouldn't pay full price for it necessarily especially if it's something like this that's probably always going to be there uh so yes tim schaefer is the kind of the 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 main guy front and center of this it's his brain child uh but obviously aided and abetted by a talented team the good people of double fine uh, you can see them all. I was watching a video of uh, a speed run where several of the key members of the team, including uh, the programmer Kichi, and I think uh, it wasn't the art director, it was some of the other producers and, and so on, kind of watching this uh, <laughs> speedrunner complete the game in an hour and a half and just going, wow, how did we leave this in? Um, which is quite entertaining <laughs> um, because all the ways in which speedrunners will make it clear to you that your game wasn't as polished as you thought it was. <laughs> so, it's uh, it's all built in the Unreal Engine, which is 
not unusual these days, but it means that uh, you've got a bunch of really powerful visual tools to make your game look as lovely as possible, depending on the artist, uh, artistic talent you have available. And yes, it came out all in one go, in, uh, first on uh, August 25th last year, 2021, on PC, Xbox One and Xbox Series consoles, and the PlayStation 4. I don't know if the PS5 version... Uh, it, whether the if you download that version on a PS5, it it does the sort of back compat plus thing and boosts the frame rate and makes it look more like the Xbox Series version. I don't know. None of us played the PS4 version. You'll have to do your own research on that. And the Mac version arrived May this year, just a few months back, a couple of months back, really. Um, May twenty fourth, twenty twenty two. The reviews for this game were really positive, just shy of an average of 90 on Open Critic, recommended by 97% of a whopping 163 reviewers who gave it a look, which is, uh, yeah, that's uh, it's a, it's a broad recommendation. I was looking for user reviews and uh, I noticed something odd on Metacritic. Uh, they range from 5.2 out of 10 on the PS4 up through 6.3 on the Xbox One and 7.2 and 7.7 on the PC and Xbox series. So I looked into this and I thought, oh, you know what, I'm going to find loads of there. Oh, no, it's woke. There are gay people in it. I don't like this game. It turns out it's been uh, heavily review bombed by uh, Russians. And this was prior to the, the recent uh, invasion of Ukraine. Um, but there were a lot of people in Russia upset that the game doesn't have Russian language support. Um, I think it's probably safe to say it's not going to get it now. So uh, so that's stuck with those. Uh, meanwhile, over on IMDb, we have 8.8 .8 out of 10 from 595 folks. And on Steam, it's overwhelmingly positively regarded by nearly 6,000 people when I looked yesterday. Sales, we don't know exactly, but uh, some tweets from uh, a former art director giveaway that it was their best ever selling game so this was uh Lisette Titre Montgomery who was indeed the lead artist uh, the art director on the game she said that it was their best uh double finds best ever selling game which means that the game had sold at that point at least uh, this was April this year at least 1.7 million copies but potentially considerably more than that plus of course how many people played it on well, four of us here so <laughs> yeah exactly hi hi 1.7 million and four yeah <laughs> that's the that's the precise figure right this minute yeah. um christopher love emailed us a friend of the show uh, says when this landed on game pass it was an immediate download i had played and enjoyed the first psychonauts and if this was more of the same so be it the experience far exceeded my expectations the visuals were outstanding. The psychedelic-themed mind especially stood out. My partner watched along for segments and commented on how much it reminded them of a 90s cartoon. It took a while to get a handle on the controls, but once the initial teething period was over, I found traversal natural and very entertaining. What I wasn't expecting was to get so emotionally invested in this game. These Burton-esque caricatures all had incredibly relatable struggles. The beauty of the game was how you developed empathy for their situations by being able to see interactions and circumstances from how they perceived them. A great example would be a later level involving islands. I don't think I've experienced media representing the isolating effects and loathing involved with chemical dependence with such care and accuracy. This is but one of the many examples of the issues they tackle in this game. A lot of love and care has been put into, into it and I think it shows 
I found myself misty-eyed a few times by the time the end credits rolled. I just found so many of the interactions to be sincere, without the need of melodrama to try and force an emotional reaction. There are a few family bonding scenes that really struck hard. All in all, I completed this fully, another rare 100% achievement from me. Definitely my game of 2021, and one I will reminisce over for a long time going forward. I got a lot more than the retro platformer I was expecting. Yeah, let's start with the, the story and the writing and the characters and the cast and the performances. Say what you want to say, people. Uh, how did you feel about this side of things? Peter? Well, um, it, uh, it surprised me, even though I, I just said before that I'm, 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 a, I'm a fan of, um, of Tim Schafer. I uh it surprised me how how good it was actually. <laughs> I didn't expect it to be so so layered and well thought out and I found it quite balanced uh it's the serious side and the mm. not so serious side and everything um uh, because I know how he's able to keep things light with his uh with his older games, uh, I've st I started with uh, Monkey Island back in the day, yep. one and two, mm -hmm. and uh, you see traces of it here. No, well, not, not just traces, but uh, you see his, um, <laughs> you see Tim Schafer's work all over uh, this game and his his um, his mo. Absolutely, uh, but all in a in a good way. I, I think with different games in the past, um, Broken Age. I, I also like Broken Age, but. I think mm -hmm. this is this is better written. Um, it's uh, the emotional stuff I didn't expect. I expected the humor to be as yeah. good at it as as it is, and all the the uh, the different elements, the story goes, and the characters. He he's always been able to to write characters well, interesting characters, quirky characters, and they're they're boy are they quirky in this game. Um, but they also got heart. It's got a lot of heart, actually, yeah. and uh, yeah. that was that's yeah, that was really surprised me in a, in a positive way. And I've been devouring this game for the last three days. <laughs> yeah, I had to. So luckily a lot for of, me, uh, a lot of funny voices have been going into your ears and heads. Um, <laughs> and I think I think sometimes uh, people get the wrong impression because it is wacky looking characters with with uh, asymmetrical eyes and kind of wild faces and googly hair and googly hair is that a thing um and a lot of high pit high pitched voices yeah. and things that i think a lot of people kind of make the mistake of thinking that this is yeah. uh this is aimed at a young age group but it really isn't no indeed and and it also keeps things uh, i also don't like it when you get stuff shoved in your face or down your throat realize that this is the lesson we are trying to teach you you know so Mm. Um, what, what that was my problem personally a bit with uh, the Last of Us Part Two. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's a brilliant game, but I all <laughs> you do you really need to to tell it for thirty hours to make that? <laughs> that, that Certainly you, one of our not that one kind of, of worms. <laughs> one of our correspondents felt exactly uh, the same. Well, of course, idea. but uh, <laughs> it's it's uh, and this game touches on some really difficult subject matter and trauma mm. uh, for, and and phobias and and. Uh, I th uh, but you with a light touch, but without yeah, precisely without and, trivi without treating it trivially. Yeah, and, and you can you can just ignore it almost if you're not someone that's open to it or you just don't care. <laughs> mm. 
you could also <laughs> I want just just want to play the game. So it it's it never gets annoying in my uh, mm. uh but, but I I was surprised how much I started to feel for these uh all these personas that you jumped into. I totally agree. I, I what surprised me I think is um just kind of how subtle some of it was. Like yeah. I, I I, I think uh, this is partially repeating what you were saying, but yeah, like the example I'm thinking of, and I, I'm actually glad that the uh, that the correspondent before this brought up the uh, the level with the islands, um, mm. because that was the one that really got me. You don't like it, it doesn't come out and say we are dealing with alcoholism. <laughs> you know, it's not it's not a thing that you know is just plopped out in front of you and now we're going to solve this by going into his mind mm. it's it's all there and, and i mean it's not that they're hiding any of this or they're trying to make it obscure or anything like that it's just that they are not spelling it out for you they are putting it there in in the level design and they are putting it there in kind of some of the dialogue and in how these characters act and in some of the things yeah. they need to do in order to help them and i for me that works a lot better than having it be you know, just very, very um, upfront and mm -hmm. uh, and literal, I guess. I think the way yeah. why that works is to, to kind of French and Shrek, it's like an onion, right? So for, for me, it's because I think when you do enter any one, any one, any given level, like it, that stuff is quite front and center. And, you know, it's, you know, you kind of go, okay, yeah, well, this is obviously something to do with, you know, alcoholism here, right? Fine. But actually, you know, as you progress through that level, you you realise there's there's a ton of layers to to do with. You know, you you'll be going through the first set of like what almost like is the blush of a character you seeing them for the very first time, and then getting under that layer and realising you know the reasons what led to this, and then getting under the layer of like how that reason came about. And what is really interesting is in that regards is it's not it's not forced so heavily upon you, like say beating that point across your head. It's just an understanding and, you know, interesting level designs built around that. But it's it's somehow delicately approached. And I and I feel like this is very much a Kane and Rince game. You know, this we've talked about stuff like this plenty in the past of how some games nail it and some games are really gentle with it. But what I normally find is any one particular game will deal with a sub a subject and, and and just you know a few things i've i've written down from level designs which is ptsd anxiety delusion order uh, sexuality addicting behavior mental health i mean the mental health obviously there but loss healing brevity like huge amounts of quite complex difficult things to to tackle in any medium let alone video games and good god video games have done some pretty poor job of tackling any one of these any one of those particular subjects but to have a full game full of those subjects i think mm. i was really quite concerned that it would be too much or that knowing what i knew from the first game that actually in some regards although the comedy was there they didn't always tackle some of the issues with no with the kind of respect that you know i think yeah. they deserve and i think a lot has been said about you know developers growing with a, a title over a, a period of time and you know it, it does come across i think double fine in 15 years probably have a lot of staff members obviously tim schaefer's heading up this project and i think there's a lot of a lot more understanding whether it's just through age or whether it's through culture um and the development of the development medium of society, gaming itself. you know how and society. how they've taken 
a lot of subjects and actually somehow melded them into a video game that was yeah. both enjoyable, funny, and um, has heart. And that's that's incredibly difficult to do, even yeah. on one particular subject. Yeah, I, I this these same thoughts have been going through my head the last three days that I've been playing it, uh, and I also thought, well, this, this is so well balanced and well thought out. I get the feeling that Tim Schafer has been working on this ever since 2005. <laughs> or oh, at I least, think so. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. at least played played with it in his in his head and and written stuff down. And you know, it's, sure. Sometimes things need to 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 model uh, in your head, or you have a thought and you have a creational some creational ideas, and you just mull it over again and again in your head and and then in five years then you have all of a sudden you have an idea how to approach a story or anything um those are the creative process and i think he has been working on this for for 15 years in in his own psychonautic mind <laughs> yeah <laughs> and sure. uh i was constantly amazed by uh by how uh, how well written it was and and everything was approached with care it seemed everything was thought out why do you go vertically here why uh does the level change here because it all had to do with 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 the problems that that mind is dealing with and the way he or she tries to avoid it or has been keeping th Putting uh, barriers swallowing up. it all yeah yeah precisely yeah yeah it, it uh, i think if i'm going to go back to it it amazes me perhaps even more because w with the island level uh, that that's when i mostly that was the first no not the first time but with that level i really realized oh the whole gameplay and level design is also really around uh not just this is a theme because he or she likes libraries or he or she likes plants <laughs> it's also yeah. he created these islands as as um for protection for himself and he really has uh, because he's also isolated himself but the other levels beforehand were also so in in that same way well thought out how uh how the level design works so the gameplay if you're going a lot through tunnels it's also thought out that it has to do with he or she um making these connections for example and so the the whole level design is is based around what problems that he, uh, the the mind has that you've entered. So it's it's broader than I thought initially. <laughs> even if yeah. if I have to, I'm, I, I'm not sure if I'm making my point across because it's so abstract to talk about this. It's difficult. No, I think I think you make sense. Uh, wanted to share this comment now from a friend of the show, from our friendly rivals, the computer game show, Sean Bell via our Patreon who says one of the many things I love about Psychonauts 2 is that it paid attention to the ongoing conversation around mental health, as Tony was saying. The first game was fantastic and clearly had its heart in the right place, but elements of it have aged poorly, particularly the fact that Raz was just running around invading other people's brains, whether they liked it or not, and fixing them as he saw fit. Psychonauts 2 makes a very clear point about how irresponsible this is and that your job isn't to simply dive in and rewire people. Raz also now obtains consent wherever possible and arrives in each character's psyche as an ally, working alongside them to help get them where they need to be. It's a subtle shift, but a huge contributor to the game's overall tone. That is also something that I noticed, the thing about about him, you know, actually asking first. I mean, that kind of falls by the wayside a little bit by the end of the game, but it's yeah. a, 
a bit yeah. of a different situation when you in know, peril. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I noticed that uh, there was a, a contrary take to that, which was uh, from Ben Croshaw on on zero punctuation, which was that he he thought that it actually damaged the kind of the humorous scenario of the the idea of the psychonauts the idea that it's this kind of more uh you know contemporary touchy-feely sort of um therapeutic thing and actually um the idea that there was this group of people who just thought they were doing the right thing by going around invading people's brains was maybe a funnier idea even if it isn't kind of more in it isn't in 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 line with what we think about yeah. mental health well, he's an That's angry off. sad little man so um... <laughs> Made a good career. That's of course. <laughs> that's also an opinion, but uh, they sure. did it so good. I, I well, I would have, I would have uh, agreed with him if they just shoved everything down your throat. Uh, what they would, uh, and, and for the serious parts, realize this is about alcoholism, you know. And and uh, it, it, but it's it's so subtly done. It's so well mm. thought out that I think it's. Kind of ridiculous. Yeah, and to I, have, I <laughs> that opinion. I just about think it. that's. I mean, I, I don't. I understand his opinion, but I also think it's. It's kind of harking back to a, a different time, in some yeah. regards. And yeah, the whole point of this is that, that comes from pretty much the first time that you um, go into someone's mind. I mean, in in the actual case, of invaded Hollis. Is it Hollis's mind? Isn't it at the start mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. you? essentially want to find yourself put onto the program, become a full-fledged psychonaut rather than just the, an intern. The intern. And you enter her mind and kind of play poker inside her head and allow her to have all these completely different thoughts that, that she was have guards up. And that, you know, it's an interesting and, uh, um, I say interesting and fun level, but it essentially then causes her to have all but a, a nervous breakdown from doing stuff mm. that she has, has no idea why she's reacting the way she's reacting and yeah at that at that point she, when he comes out of her mind she's very much like you you can't do you can't just invade someone's privacy without actually asking them this is like rule number one and yeah. as a player it was it was quite a shock it's like oh but this is what i did in the first like this is this is what i thought psychonauts was and it was very much like yeah no, you do not do that again. And it was very much, okay, well, here we go. This is how the rest of the game is. You know, there's going to be a level of respect. But And I get that some people will come across as like, oh, well, it's taming down of comedy. But I, w- I also think that comedy very much is still intact in this game. And I, I think about the yeah. the will of, like, the fortune baby scenario where this couple just <laughs> keep on trying to win a baby yeah. because yeah. they're billionaire. They have so much wealth. They don't know what to do with it. And they just, I will buy a baby, whatever. And the game is 100% rigged against them. But eventually they get their child and, you know, they almost collapse because they don't actually know what to do with it because all they ever wanted to do is just buy one. Um, you know, they finally get the one thing they couldn't afford and it comes and they, they <laughs> it's a mess. So there's a line at the end of that that was that I, I, I don't remember the exact line, but it was something like, at what age does it start fulfilling all of our, yeah. Uh, yeah. our, our um, laws? All the things we failed to do. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 That's, that's stuff's in there. Um, but There's it's, some it's, dark, some very dark humor yeah. in there. So. But it's, it's kept sure. as snippets and, you know, just dialogue within characters quite often when you need to press Y and interact with them that you've engaged with it rather than um, it just being fed you. And but I'm fine with that. I honestly would rather it be this way than than a retelling of something that's already been. 
Yeah, honestly, I just, I have a real mental block personally against people who are like, it can't have serious stuff in it. Where's my funny game? Ha ha. I'm like, yeah. that's. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know, I, I know I'm preaching yeah. to the choir here, but like, yeah. That's... yeah. And it's also still funny. It's yeah, just, exactly. it's still hilarious. The, well, yes, yeah. the entire way through, I thought it I was pretty. I shouldn't have uh... to think about it, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Games are uh, political. I want to shut my brain off when playing Psychonauts. And, I mean, and, that's, and that's fine. If that is what you want to go to games for, absolutely do it. I That's not my problem. My problem is that that's not what this game is, and trying to insist that it should mm. be, because that's what you were expecting, is yeah. short-sighted. Yeah, I agree. Gerard, also from our forum, says the game is more thoughtful about the responsibility of entering and manipulating a mind compared to the original. The issues of consent attending that and the ways that mental illness are presented. That said, I'm not sure the game actually had much to say about those issues. And the resolution felt strange, acknowledging that all people have shameful or traumatic facets of themselves, but that they belong repressed into a memory hole feels both progressive and regressive at once? Question mark. Yeah, that's maybe a little... I, I this I this I really do agree with. Like I yeah, yeah I mean it's it's not the best solution maybe, but mm. I, I get what they're going for. But I, I I think if they were going to go in that direction, it might have been nice to to see like a yeah you know you're you are it's there and you are keeping it locked away, but also maybe you acknowledge that it's there. I don't I don't know. Yeah, that it's I don't I don't think that it was a bad a bad ending necessarily i it's just yeah and and maybe maybe they did that like through the you know oh we we are acknowledging that this was i just feel like maybe she doesn't acknowledge that this was part of her all along they do all the acknowledging for her yeah yeah and mm. I, I think it's because you've spent the majority of the game uh, fighting a person where you know that is the entirety persona of that person and they've allowed it to to eclipse her at the same time when it should you know it should be i, I like you say, burying burying faults and things like that isn't going to end well in its yeah. in its case. But I, I you know, I guess at the same time, it, it Here makes you go, sense. Grandson, go punch yeah. monster <laughs> into this mental pit. I mean, it's a good sequence. <laughs> I did, I did like that. I did think it was pretty funny. But uh, yeah, yeah, and and it it it's it has it has a um, it it's not fully rounded or it, it's it's still a bit of a loose end and. Part of me also thinks it's perhaps on purpose or that they just thought, well, let's end it here and we'll see uh, if we finish this properly off or continue this in Psychonauts 3 because um, it, it it goes a little bit fast in the end with, uh, well, it's just a giant hole and it's your primal self and that's uh, not, not good to let out all the way. Uh, uh, yeah, but um, it's funny. Yeah. Actually, if you, if you speak to her after the end credits and go refine on her... Um, that <laughs> she basically alludes that she's gonna go off and have sexual intercourse for a while and just enjoy yeah. life. It's actually, cool. it's quite funny. Yeah, so that's well. There's a lot down. of post-game dialogue. There is uh, with 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 all the characters. Um, yeah. I want to talk yeah. about the the, the humour in the game. Um, it's a it's a thing uh, that is as, <laughs> as subjective as anything else. Um, uh, we we always stress in this show how subjective every aspect of video games is not just uh, not just the humor but uh, but it is something that obviously can be a massive turn off if you're not into it we had a couple of comments um on on the writing 
Radical Dog from the forum says, Neither this or the first one did it for me, even though I'm a big fan of 3D platformers and good writing in games. For my taste, the humour was, I get it, that's clever, instead of ha-ha funny. And Matt L from the forum says, I've never played Psychonauts 2, so I wouldn't normally include this, but I felt it was pertinent. Matt L continues, and I've only briefly tried Psychonauts 1, so I don't have too much to add to the conversation as to specifics, but more of a general question for the rest of the forum. And do go to our forum to see how this conversation continues. Does anyone else struggle to enjoy games like Psychonauts, the, the Psychonauts series that are marketed as being, quotes, funny? Whenever Tim Schafer's name comes up, people immediately talk about how funny his games are. I tried a few but never got the humour, so I thought maybe Tim's sense of humour and my own were different. But I keep having this same experience. For example, the Borderlands series. Whenever the, quotes, funny dialogue starts, I can't wait for the obnoxious, unbelievable <laughs> characters to shut up and let me get back to focusing on the gameplay. But at the same time, I have laughed at games before when they make jokes. The Mass Effect series, which took itself fairly seriously, had moments of levity that hit for me, or the obscure visual gags of the Dark Souls series, like finding out the elevators of the rotten collapsing Blight Town are powered by dogs running on treadmills. As I type this, I think the difference is I bought into the worlds of Mass Effect and Dark Souls as real places with real people, and I had a reason for being there, whereas Psychonauts and Borderlands just scream to me, we're wacky, we're crazy, look at us, aren't we funny? And I'm immediately thrown out of the experience, kind of like the differences between Ghostbusters 1984 and Ghostbusters Answer the Call 2016. I mean, I, I suppose my counterpoint to that is if you told me describe Psychonauts 2, I wouldn't say, oh, it's a comedy game. Like, that's that's not what Psychonauts 2 is. It's probably not what I mean, Psychonauts, maybe I could I could see that. But actually, Psychonauts 2 isn't about that. It's like there is funny moments in Psychonauts. But I'd call it like a, not even a, I suppose it would be a serious game, but it's a, a game that deals with issues, with levity, mm. to make those issues palatable for <laughs> a gaming experience. Yeah. My I think that I, what I would maybe say is that, for me at least, there is a difference between a game that tells, or or any piece of media really, uh, that tells jokes and one that is just funny because mm. it's it's because of the way that it's written mm -hmm. maybe it's just insights maybe it's just the way that things are set up it, it there are different kinds of humor right and and, yeah. and i absolutely can see a situation in which this type of humor does not work for everyone i mean it's it's right here in, in this particular response and that's fine like i i would like for me to, to kind of um, see where I'm coming from, like I do find uh, some of the situation. I mean, it's not like a laugh out loud every minute type of funny no. for me. It's it's but something like Borderlands, <laughs> you know, I have a really hard time with Borderlands yeah. because I really like those games. But man, one of, one of the forum responses to 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 that comment was uh, actually, I don't think anyone finds Borderlands funny. <laughs> I don't know whether that's true. I think Randy Pitchford but, does. Um, yeah, so, I mean, well, there we go. There yeah. is some humor in here, which is just bottom tier. Like there's, so there's you go into a diner in one of the levels and um, you come across one of your friends and she's making, I think it's pancakes and you need to yeah. make some pancakes. And, I thought that sequence was really funny. And to me, that's quite Chucklesome. funny. The reason it's funny is because the the tackle, you know, the, the, I guess the punchline is, where did you get the milk from? A cow, right? And she looks over at the squirrel. The squirrel looks back at her and goes, um. <laughs> you yeah, realise she she's says, milked the squirrel. Like, with hindsight, that would have been easier. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. to me, that <laughs> no, made me I, laugh. I chuckled. You know. 
I mean, I, I think the thing I wanted to say about this is anyone who's listened to this, anyone who's on it, who's ever tried to write any comedy, like for professional stand-up comedians, writing a good 10 minutes is really hard. Uh, writing a comedy script for a 25-minute or half-hour show is really, really hard and often takes teams and teams of people. To write a game that's got hours and hours and hours of dialogue in it i mean i don't actually know but if you include all the cut scenes and all the incidental bits of speech all the all the um all the dialogue sequences this has got way more comedy writing in it than uh, than a film probably as much as like a, t a a tv series um it's just incredible that Tim Schafer wrote all this. I was just going to um, say, and he's the only credited writer. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, then, he, then there's no way it's going to be just like nonstop. Uh, it's not meant to be nonstop naked gun style, you know, gags. <laughs> it, and it's it it forced yeah. like yeah, Borderlands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but like, yeah, so it's a general, I mean, you... it's a general amusing place to be, right? Like it's uh... yeah. That, that's what I was wanted wanted to say. Uh, precisely what you what you're saying, Leon. The the I like the atmosphere and the, the, the general vibe of his games. And the, the I am not constantly laughing out loud. No. But and and but I I I'm constantly amused and I, I the world is funny. His worlds are funny, I think yeah. in yeah. itself. The, the, the everything is a bit a heightened not not heightened reality or everything everyone is a bit crazy but in their own a bit, a bit like Discworld also has this, uh, mm -hmm. if, if anyone is familiar with those books. Um, that everything is a bit ridiculous, but it's all, it also isn't yeah. within the boundaries it, of their world. And to me, it's not just about laugh out jokes. You know, individual jokes make you funny. Haha. -ha. It's it's certain yeah, levels yeah. like uh, was it Compton's Cookoff, where you're a part of a game show in a cooking uh, cooking contest. Like that level itself is just fun and interesting and a funny world to play through. And it's just a bit of a levity yeah. after some fairly hard stuff. But no, PSI King's Centatorium. Um, Which is a, ridiculous. a funny level like because of... Dealing, yeah. dealing with some fairly major stuff, but it's a level that is just visually crazy. And... In, it's an audio visual showpiece yeah. that whole um, and uh, the dark the dark humor of that uh, that show that you have to uh, to cut up a, a pig who's glad that he's going to be cut up by his <laughs> his his grandpa or something yeah. <laughs> oh yeah as you keep like getting uh, yeah. the uh the, like the eggs are like you boiled my grandmother alive yeah, yeah, i mean that's that's funny i, to, I think i chuckled a few yeah. times yeah yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, really dark humor. I think you, in in the library, have you seen? <laughs> have you talked to all the uh, the the paper cutouts? Yeah, out, yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Figures. Yeah, and it's funny that uh, one girl says that she uh, that her father died. Uh, oh yeah, it was. <laughs> and then in in the end, she says, "Well, uh, I, that was his secret wish because I I I pushed him. She pushed him into the oven or something or into the fire." And then later on, you speak to some Rumpelstiltskin, and uh, who, who has kidnapped a baby. And then you say, "Oh well, I gave I gave that child. That child was a bit creepy, so I gave it to." And then he says that the same name of that guy that yeah, has been yeah. pushed to the fire. It's so <laughs> such dark humor, and you really have to keep. And it's it's filled with those detailed. Yeah, it's intricate uh, as well. Yeah. Yeah, and and the payoff uh, doesn't come later on sometimes, or you really have to pay attention, and and that that's. 
that's been this way ever since Monkey Island and yeah. uh, Maniac Mansion even. And I think part of the issue with, uh, I think it's it's one of those things like in the same way as if everyone, if a lot of people tell you, you have to play this, it's amazing. If In the same way that you might, you might come away disappointed from that. Similarly, if yeah. people say, this is so funny, you're going to come, go and make me laugh then. Um, <laughs> but I also think, you know, I was there, I played Monkey Island in 1991 and I adored it. But I wasn't like I wasn't uproariously laughing throughout that. Uh, obviously, Tim Schafer was just one of three writers on that game, and he was he was quite junior um, at that point. Yeah. He, he wrote a lot of the gags in it. There's lots and lots of amusing moments in that game, but it you know it's like a, a seven hour game or what or whatever, and it's got like a bunch of chuckles in it. But it was it was never kind of like I can't click the mouse. I'm laughing too much. I'm doubled would, over. Would you, no. But of course, lab- people remember it fondly. Would you more label it as it has you know Psychonauts or Tim Schafer has a certain charm in his writing that you know if you uh, talk about an individual you know creator, sometimes you just look at that and go, yeah, it's a warmth and a wit and a likability. Yeah. It's not necessarily a kind in the way of, that you do something that yeah. comes across as both kind of amusing and you know sensitive, which is you know, yeah. Yeah, a thing for itself. That's it for me. I think it's not so yeah. much that like this is a funny game, although I do think that it it is in at least definitely in parts it's funny. Mm. But it's it's that he uses that with other stuff. Like I mean, there is a section, a couple of sections actually, where you carry around a disembodied belching head. That's how you progress. <laughs> but the reason that head is belching is because it's you know it's it's had too much to drink and can't actually move around. So I mean, like you know, there's there's something there's layers let's go back to the onion you know it's layers let's talk about the visual design the graphics the art Gerard again says I found the game visually inventive and constantly surprising the art direction at this high fidelity feels like a Henry Selick film in video game form which works a lot better than the visuals of the first game which I found almost unbearably ugly uh it, I mean, I think we talked about that. The, the original game did have a kind of ugliness, and I suppose Greenness. you could say that there, yeah, yeah and there, there is <laughs> a there is a there is a deliberate quotes ugliness to some of the characters here with their lopsided faces and kind of there's no like necessarily that there's not even so much a continuity between the way that characters look. I mean, there is there is a continuity, but there's also a lot of disparity. Um, it's yeah, it's 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 quirky it's 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 definitely not going to be to everyone's taste but um but yes here in unreal engine 4 i think the artists really got to show their talents and i think some of the environments in particular but also yeah the the textures on the close-ups of raz and things like that are just uh really stylish and yeah very high quality really good yeah lovely I animation thought. yeah i to me it, i think i thought they did a um a pretty good job of taking the idea of the look of the first game mm. and kind of bringing it up to a this is what this is what your memory of this looks like kind <laughs> mm-hmm. of like yep. if, yeah. if that if that makes sense yes like it's not going to look exactly the same because this is almost a 20 year old uh original game at this point but yep. it it's, several generations it, it, rem- it looks like you remember it like it looking like mm. if it were moved up to the uh the technical aspects and you know kind of the artistic smoothness that that they can do now it am- it amazed me how uh, how well it looked that i didn't expect it to look as good at it mm. uh, as it does uh it's e- extremely colorful and every level has its own tone and atmosphere whilst also still feeling like psychonauts um it it it's it, uh, the older games they they made in the 2000s and uh, before the, a lot of level design was um 
it, it was more common to have really different kind of levels. And over the years now, you see more that uh, the games have that all that the entire game looks a certain way because you're in a certain world. Yeah, that's not per se bad. Uh, because uh, Assassin's Creed Origins, it's it's fine that you're in Egypt. You don't have to go to the center of the earth or to the moon or whatever. Right. The, 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 yeah. That's fine within the setting of this game, of that game. But I really, I really loved it with with Psychonauts that they go all over the place and that you can go everywhere. And they really used it also with the art direction because it's top notch art direction. It it shows how how important art direction also is. It's not just realistic graphics which makes a, a mm. game pretty. Uh, not a, but it's it's such it's so beautifully designed, and I, I often, uh, especially uh, also with larger shots that you have an entire scenery ahead, it just looked like a like a painting, uh, or some three D mm. animation or clay yeah. claymation even yeah. sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cam Squatch from our Patreon says, "I love the style of Psychonauts too. The gameplay was fun, sure, and the story was entertaining." But every frame of it just oozes style. The voice acting, animation, music, and even the upgrade tree were also stylish. What's really stuck with me, though, is that despite me not playing Psychonauts 1, it made me nostalgic for it. I'll chalk that up to the familiar feeling of the gameplay that took me right back to the N64 days of Rare. Yeah. Um, In some way, you know, thinking about um, the reception to the first ukulele, which was obviously the you know the Platonic's attempt at doing a banjo kazooie style, uh, very much N sixty four throwback platformer, and it not being tremendously well received even by fans of those games. Um, it took uh, it took double fine to kind of come along and and do that. And yes, it does it does contain some of the quirkiness and even maybe jankiness of games of that era, but uh, but also smooths some of the rough edges along the way. We'll talk more about that after we've touched upon the music and the audio design. Um, what's to be said? I think it's great. I like Peter McConnell. He's cool. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Loads of cool music. And, and, and I really appreciate a lot of the, the audio design, the, the, the sound effects in this game as well. Sort of nice mix of um, some kind of, kind of quite retro-esque video game noises, which, uh, which tickle my fancy. Yeah, it it sound it really sounds like an old LucasArts game. Yeah, uh, right. for me pers- for for me at least. And yes, it uh, it, it also emphasizes that Jim Schafer atmosphere. Um, it it all drives it home, so to speak. The graphics and the art design, and also the music with that slappy bass in some parts, and uh, yeah, and then and the 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 changes and the different instruments in every level. Yes. I thought also thought were really nice. I um I <laughs> I do want to talk talk to you guys about um one particular uh, the the last level, the very mm. last brain that you go into um with uh with that uh, theme. The Disneyland sort of parody, the uh, small world. La la oh, yeah, yeah. la la <laughs> la la You can smash you, that. You can stop them from playing it. I was yeah. wanted wanted to ask you guys, have yep. you have you all of you found those gramophones? I sure did. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> But the the words were the words of that song are pretty funny. Yeah. I guess I guess uh, I guess because they all tie into the story of the sequence that you're yeah that you're going through. You can get an achievement for it as well. Or there's even a yeah yeah yeah. There's yeah. even a self awareness. Yeah. There's like some of the um, pins that you can unlock actually mute different parts of the game if you so wish. So like you have a uh, a little oh. illusional buddy that you can draw and trace, and he goes off and does stuff. But he's also oh, yeah. quite annoying. 
Um, mm. And is that a penny oh, over there? Yeah, and there's a pin that you can basically quiet him down. To shut him yes. up. Shut up. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. it. You can mute. You can mute him. Yeah, almost like a, a, yes, we that, know. <laughs> Uh, anything else? Anything else on the audio, or the music, the score? It just—it really. I—I I, I mean, this is. It seems like a, not not even a Disney movie score, but like a a an animated score. Like yeah, that's, yeah. that's what it calls to mind for me. Again, a, a, a lot of it reminds me of, of, of yeah, like one of the more sophisticated Pixar or Disney kind yeah. of movies. Um, it carries that off very well, yeah. in my opinion. And um. I do want to shout out to the the musical sequence that is kind of a centerpiece of the game with with Jack Black singing and yeah. uh, doing the yeah. the kind of the psychic the, the psychedelic uh, rock on stage festival thing, um, which is yeah, just the whole thing is an audio visual treat. Yeah. And um, I think you know I, I'm I'm like I like Jack Black. I think he's a a positive force in the world, and um, but I think he absolutely like really and he's a gives it everything. he's a very very good singer. Yeah, also. he is. Yeah, he's yeah. way better than most people realize. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's one thing I wanted to to say about uh, the audio. Mm. Uh, of course, it's it's amazing. It I think it's really well well done. But uh, once again, in the island level, mm. once you sail out yeah. on that door, that you, then there's a, a subtle the the music that you hear. Is a variation on what shall we do with the drunken sailor, which right. was a really subtle detail, I think. Oh, I didn't even catch that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I thought there was yeah, some um, quite in in one of quite a few nods to other games. There was a whole kind of Wind Waker vibe going on in in that level as well. Yeah, yeah, it, it very Zelda like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I thought that was so well thought out because there was the whole theme. Uh, pretty subtly because uh, I didn't realize it was about alcoholism until it was at least halfway there yeah. through uh, through that level. Bottles everywhere. Yeah, but yeah, didn't ring a bell <laughs> with me. <laughs> okay. Too subtle. Uh, let's talk about the actual uh, the gameplay, the moment-to-moment. Uh, Steam blurb has it. Explore unique environments using Raz's ability to dive into people's brains to battle their inner demons, unlock hidden memories and resolve their emotional baggage, leap acrobatically through the air, traversing tightropes and trapezes in a varied, challenging and joyful platforming experience, wield a powerful array of psychic powers to blast, burn and levitate things, or even slow down time itself to solve environmental puzzles and battle strange enemies. Lest we forget, Raz is from a circus family, which sort of justifies his incredible athleticism, and he wants, and he's also psychic, which justifies all his powers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm glad that they didn't um do the uh taking all your powers away from you and making you gain them yeah, back. Yeah. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. Um, they they just you still have I I think everything that you had in the first Pretty game much, if if you don't yeah. if you are missing things and they are minor um and not necessarily yeah. really to And then you can power them up, but you don't really yeah, need to. Yeah, you can to. power up what you already have and you yeah. can get a few new things as yes. well, so yeah. Not not same like, as uh, not same as Aaron's style. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the platforming in this really worked for me. I, I felt mm. like it. Uh, it was never. Uh, it was never a, a block to what I wanted to be doing. It. It was pretty smooth. I thought. I, yeah. I mean, there were there were some places that I had to do more than once. You know, just because I'd fall off of something. Or I think the most frustrated that I got was probably towards the end, where you have to um, roll the egg 
um back it, it's, oh, it's yeah. in that it's in that uh the level with the the ride mm-hmm. and you have to roll yeah. the egg down i fell off of that a lot uh just because mm-hmm. i i couldn't get the momentum quite right but for the most part um i i felt like it, it was not an obstacle to it just it, it felt like it flowed very well yeah it it, it also showed uh, i had the same yeah um it it's it feels very polished as, as, and and I think that a a three D platform game like this should be really polished. And I went back to the first one, and boy, <laughs> that was a rough ride. Yeah. Uh, so I finished it this morning. I I reached the end of this game, and then I immediately jumped into uh, Psychonauts One because I thought, well, let's get in as much hours as I can of this game also because I I want to be prepared. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, yeah, immediately you start to notice oh that this this level design isn't as as good, and, and then you felt to go back to yeah, and you fall down somewhere for yeah. example, and you fall down and you have to go all the way oh, yeah. back over, and and that that none those shenanigans uh, you almost never have have it in this no. game. It's 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 uh, there were one of two areas or or parts that annoyed me a bit, um, but. Yeah, then you, you you do it the second or a third time, and you're then nearly always making yeah. progress. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, it 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 never got bothersome I, or, or really annoying. I actually think that's fine. I I don't you know I don't know if you're just yeah. playing any 3D platformer game and it's and it feels so automatic that failure state isn't a failure. You know, it doesn't happen at all. Then platforming feels completely redundant. The the positive thing here is that if you fail, then you, I mean it's literally like I don't know wherever the checkpoint may be, but those checkpoints are so often it you could go back. It's the last platform you stood pretty on, pretty much, isn't it? So uh, in sometimes to a fault in that one time it respawned me in a place that I couldn't get away yeah. from. Basically, the, yeah. the problem yeah. because it it does let you kind of push the boundaries, and it does remind me watching that speed run. It does have something of the era of the Mario 64 about it mm-hmm. in that it is quite, it's not as kind of polished and robust as say Super Mario Odyssey, but it, it does have some of that sort of um, the old school 3d platformer stuff that mm-hmm. you can kind of go off the beaten track and kind of muck around with stuff. And I yeah. actually appreciate that yeah. because it means that you yeah. can play it with a bit more creativity. Sometimes you yeah. can kind of cut corners. And, and as I say, looking at an, a 1.5 hour speed run of a 20 hour game, you can see that it's actually possible to cut all kinds of Same corners. Same as Elden Ring, right? What you know, people... Yeah, <laughs> well, that's true. Well. Good, good, good. Well done for getting a mention of a uh, yeah, but... from soft Souls game. Well, into... there was a Dark Souls <laughs> reference already. Yeah. Was there? The, but... uh, yeah. So, so like, yes, anecdotally, right. I've, I've heard a number of people and even within our own slap community talking about the platforming not being up to the standard of super mario galaxy say and it i always yeah. get a little bit when you compare it like one of the greatest platforming 3d platforming game of all time and it's not quite as good it's like yeah okay but i tell you what it's actually still better than a hell of a lot of games that have attempted this type of platforming that have come out and for me yeah. i i really have appreciated the uh, yes okay so i decided pretty early on in the game that i was going to get all the collectibles it seemed like a really sensible and bright idea because that's who i am and there's a lot of collectibles I, every figment every figment so big, big 12, ask yeah hundred more than that, yeah twelve hundred wow. yeah whatever say, say there's say yeah. let's say there's 1800 collectibles say in, in this game mm. and you know the platforming 
so I would have a slightly skew-whiff opinion to this than anybody that would have just kind of played through the natural progression of story because I was interested in, in getting things. So I found... Yeah, and a lot of these are deliberately put in mm, places that are harder to reach. That's yeah, the whole and, point of it. But I, yeah. never did I find myself more than a few moments going, well, this is impossible. Like, I would <laughs> actually go, okay, well, I need to utilise, you know, the levitation power here. Maybe there's a bonfire I need to yeah. light here that gives me the ability to float up high. I might need to be on my my um, you know, the the levitation ball where I can jump and then have a slight pause in in the hover that allows me to get over to an island that would otherwise be inaccessible. Mm. So to me, I think the platforming is actually, although it feels relatively old school in its it is just platforming around the 3D world. Never did I find myself actually falling through environments. There's a really decent shadow underneath you. Occasionally, you'll get that wrong, yeah. but actually, yeah. It's yeah, the pretty, depth perception thing is an issue with highlighted. most of these kinds yeah. of games. So um, um, I had to, I had the most, uh, the most accidents uh, with uh, losing where I was, where I needed to be going and stuff with the, the mail room level. Mm. Yeah, um, but, that what it was, but it wasn't, it wasn't, it never got frustrating, uh, and it never, it was just that I overlooked. I myself overlooked a couple yeah, of times. So yeah, so I think some of the arguments, the way the game unlocks its, you know, it drip feeds the story out and having to kind of go, you know, backtrace some steps and, you know, go, oh, well, I've already been there, but no, you need to kind of unlock this new section because you've met this character and you need to go back there. But it, it you know, it pretty much guided you where you needed to be going to the next stage. What I will say, going for the collectibles, what would happen is I'd run through a level, do everything I could see. And there's a little bit of Metroidvania about it where there's areas yep. that you cannot get to if you do not have a certain power. And that became, mm. you know, clearly obvious. And, you know, when the, you think about those doors of letterboxes, think, OK, well, I can't access that yeah. at some point. I will. So I just have to let that go. But even in the collectibles, it is, they're all very level specific. They give you indications. So, for instance, there was a couple of levels where I could not find a individual piece of a collection. And yeah, I was wondering about that because that's what stopped me going for all the figments because I was thinking there's just going to be sometimes they're because the the nature of the way they're drawn and it's the same as in the first game they're these sort of uh, like childlike sketch colored drawings of things mm -hmm. relevant things some of them uh, are almost invisible because they kind of go 2D if you're side on yeah, to them they and do. stuff no, like and this. it's yeah. not faultless because but if you there was one I lost in particular I could not find for the love of money and it was a pineapple and could not find it for it. But then you actually utilize your brain and think, well, where would a pineapple be? Oh, of course, it would be on a tree. And lo and behold, <laughs> there it was on the tree. So what seemed quite often like just things in the environment, they they have two two functions to them. One, they're, they're figments of the person's imagination within that world. So they're very level specific. But also, you know, if you are trying to chase them down, even within those levels, there's areas where they make sense within those things. Now, what I will say, yeah. and I don't have the answer to this because I went from the very first level to the very last level trying to chase down every single one. Mm. If you play this game from start to finish just wanting to see the story, I can imagine the levels being very just progressive. Just go through, get done, and out the other side. Mm. Where I found myself spending a lot of time going around the back of buildings looking underneath yeah. sections going around like finding nooks and crannies which you would have no idea were there if you were just on a straight and narrow and i re personally that that itches 
a side of me which is really weird to understand and that could probably come from back at like Banji kazooie or any of those things well, i i have exactly um, the same uh, tony and i enjoy that but i could see yeah. why other people would actually mm. see a hell of a lot of those collectibles and just go well, they're just things in the way like get them out it's of my pretty screen. optional most of it i mean it's worthwhile going after some of the collectibles but the how you level up yeah well there's a lot of how, how yeah, yeah nuggets you level up and then obviously the side cards are the half up. brains, I guess, are the main things you'll want to get yeah. because you mm-hmm. get more health. Well, I, th- I, I, I thought about that also, uh, Tony, um, because not everyone is like you and me that that, that loves to Thank know, God, well, eh? look at every nook and <laughs> look at every nook and cranny and underneath every <laughs> every yeah. staircase and behind every door. Always round the back of things. Always round. The yeah, back. yeah, yeah. And and it's still I I still get satisfaction from that. Yes, I do. <laughs> I, I'm mostly disappointed when a, when an entire when a game, as, as, for example, when you start a level, and there's not I, something I always, be, before where you start. Yeah, where I always go back. Yeah, same. I'm the same. And there's always and a if there's a waterfall, if there's a waterfall, I want something hidden behind water, it, even yeah. though it's a cliche. The waterfall in this game is quite interesting because there's a waterfall and it has a bunch of logs that go up the waterfall really fast. Yeah, and you realise yeah. that you have to use your slowed down powers to actually slow down the log to allow you to jump off halfway through the waterfall to access yeah. the second part of the level. And I think that's required, well, isn't it? Yeah. Actually, so. I checked out a. I I I I pulled up a guide for that because I wanted to be sure if I missed out on something <laughs> or if I just was very sucky at staying on those logs. Yeah, if but, you uh, stay on them when they're fast, you, you just, just get pinged up in the air and die. Yeah, yeah. go to the top and reset you. <laughs> yep, found that out. I, yeah. I also remember that part. That was that was probably the uh, not that specifically, but um, just as an example of something that uh, um, affected me in just the gameplay portions that's a really weird way of saying something <laughs> i was bad mm-hmm. at but um is I, I in a few places i thought that the path that i needed to take was much more difficult than the path i actually needed to take so i was trying to do like a <laughs> a like a alternate route that like probably is technically possible but you don't actually have to do that. Like there is a different way that you can just, if you just mm. use X power or if you just, you know, if I missed like a, a side path or something. Um, yeah, that, that happened to me. Not enough times that I thought it was a, really a problem, but, but it was something that happened to me more than I, once. Mm-hmm. So. For people know, if you do get all collectibles and I think rank up to 102, which is you've done everything in the game, the final unlock mm. in the game is that you have unlimited side powers, so you don't have any rest time between anything that you can ah, use, no which is fantastic. Mm. If only the issue was you hadn't actually done everything in the game, thus yeah. negating the need it's for the, side uh, powers. Yoshi syndrome. Yep. Uh, talking of Super Mario 64, <laughs> here's 100 lives because you've done everything yeah. in the game. Like, Thanks. Thanks. At least you get something, yeah. but even so. Yeah. That's one of my... Uh, I- I've written down some of my uh, cons about this game. Not that I have a lot, but... Uh, um, Shall I shall I name them? Yeah, go for it. it. I've got three. I've got three uh, in the end. So that's that's not many. No. Uh, <laughs> one thing that annoyed me sometimes was the health drops. That when it's the scenery stuff, like uh, that yeah. there's just a, a bowl or a ball or something or a a, a pot uh, glowing with green a plant in it. Yeah, and then you just hit it for health. Uh, then some health uh, items mm. drop out of mm-hmm. it, and they jump straight into the ravine. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, and I, I had that quite a lot of time, and it reminded me of uh, of that old play- PlayStation Two game, Maximo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, re- I really, I really love that game, game, by the way. But that happened yeah. 
with that game, uh, that also happened a lot. You can I come remember. back when we cover, when we finally cover Maxima. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Yeah, I would like. I would love to. Yeah, uh, I played it. I I have already finished that, but it's been twenty years. But, it's uh, yeah, um, it's, it's a challenging one, which is probably why we haven't covered it. <laughs> but I, yeah. I, uh, I I I did everything in that game. Oh, nice, hundred uh, percent. So. Despite the fact that uh, health jumps off platforms, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's so annoying when you really need it in a boss yeah. fight, and then th- there it goes. Yeah, it committed suicide at health. What I will say, and this is absolutely not a, but you know, get good thing. Um, I never really needed all the health that was on offer in most of the stages. Like it's quite generous. No. It's, it's quite generous with the health. No, that, that that's that's why it, it never got really bothersome. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, I think I maybe if... died once in a boss fight. Yeah, yeah, because of loss of health. Like I mean, I I die I I jumped off of things. Oh and, yeah. yeah, But I think I only ever ran out of health once. Mm. I, I like the contrivance as well that you still can't go in water because you know that's yep. that's the family curse. It's just like, <laughs> but fine. Yeah, it's awesome. And and if you finish the game, then uh, spoilers, the curse is lifted. Mm. But then you still you get lifted. Yeah. You get lifted out of the water. That's right. In a the animation way. changes. Yeah, yeah, I <laughs> yeah. That. And because he, he uh, and he he tells uh, the old the the from the first game the uh, the arm yeah. the army guy. Oh, Oleander, the potato yeah. coach. Uh, yeah. Oleander. Yeah. He uh, you you talk to him. He's uh, at an aquarium. That's right. Uh, wearing a fish suit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Post credits. Like a mermaid. And you. And you, you tell him that you you're you're still learning how to swim, so that's the reason why you get uh, thrown out of the water because you yes. get you get saved by um, of course. Is Lucretia or what's her name again? Mm, I think that's right. I finished it this morning it's, and I've forgotten the name uh, already. There's, there's a lot to remember. There's a lot of characters in this game. Mm. Yeah, but it's more my sleep depriving stalking and because that. I have been burning some midnight oil to be <laughs> able to finish this I game. I hope it was worth it. Uh, what, yeah, it was worth it definitely. What were those other uh, what were those other couple of issues that you noted? Well, um, yeah, that's that's um, a, a, a bit of a pet peeve with with me with a lot of these games. Mm-hmm. I like collecting everything, yeah. but uh, most often it's not really possible to collect everything before you reach the end. Yes. And with some games, it takes too long, so the entire story gets cut up. Then you get well. <laughs> Between the 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 semi-final boss and the final boss, you have thirty hours of uh, collecting everything. Yeah. yeah. So you, uh, but I the uh, what rare what rare always nearly always did was mm. they have multiple endings, and yeah. I really I, I if it, it's it's a criticism. I don't think it's um, that it's that it's really bad, but I would have liked that they've added a post-ending. Uh, an extra mm. boss or a secret ending. Yeah. You, yeah. So, if, for example, if you've collected everything that you get another boss fight or a small twist in the plot, I would have really, really loved that. That would even make it even, yeah, even better. Adds replayability. On one yeah. thing on that, Thomas on our Slack was saying that he thinks that games that have collectibles visible in cutscenes <laughs> are a crime against humanity. And I sort of, it doesn't bother me particularly that aspect. But what does bother me is when you get into a room. And a cutscene starts, mm-hmm. and there are collectibles there, and then the scene ends, and you can't you can't yeah. collect the things. Yeah, it, it happens in the in the last level. Yeah, it does. Like, yeah, one hundred ninety two, one hundred ninety five, and the last three collectibles are there behind them, and they cut away that from the is, scene. You're like, what? What? I don't know if that's <laughs> deliberate, but it's it was obnoxious. But uh, there there in, is uh, plenty of way. There is a, ways to go in and out of any specific yeah, level, yeah. any specific 
checkpoint of it's a kind level. of fast travel yeah. options all over yeah there was uh, what i wanted to ask because i didn't have any time to go to jump back into those levels no uh, I, I wanted to ask uh, if, if there was any checkpoints yeah so there's uh, something there's basically i can't remember the name of the machine but it's like a telescope machine that you go into and it goes into the conscious mind and within that you have every level set and if you go into those there's a collective yeah the collective yeah. mind that's it i think yeah it's, it's called the collective yeah. mind you go in there and then there's a little green worm dude Oh, the caterpillar dude that allows you to basically right. um, traverse to any level, and and in that 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 ah. screen, you can actually uh, it tells you um, whether you got all the things in that level, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And even even that's yeah. highlighted in the the main menu as well. You can see where's oh, that's nice. But it's it's one of that's those nice. ones. I just I found I had a fun experience doing what I was doing, but at the same time, I wondered whether it was just a lot of noise on screen for people that weren't into that. That was my my mm. question, I guess. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, that was what uh, I wanted to say earlier about that. Uh, with most of these games, uh, instead of collecting those figments, you have to collect green balls or just stuff. The things with, which don't add any value to the story or to the environment is just gamey stuff floating around. Yeah. And this actually has a purpose. And what you said before, uh, I also noticed that uh, I don't know how many drawings that they made for mm-hmm. those figments, but it's it's huge. Yeah, you you enc- I don't think they every were level... all unique, but a, most no. of yeah, them yeah, I yeah. think were. Yeah, yeah, a lot of them are unique, and uh, so I never got bored of of seeing them. Yeah, um, I skipped out on it. It was difficult, but I walked I, I, through, walked past a couple ones. I guess for me though, <laughs> yeah. when it comes back to the gameplay, it's it's that they they did lean into a style of gameplay that reminded me very much of a you know a, a late nineties early two thousand kind of yeah for sure platform yeah. game. They didn't have to do that. Many other games don't. And although it, you could say it's a lack of innovation, it's interesting that they managed to bring it up uh, contemporary enough that it feels right for today. <laughs> Yeah, Even, but, it's, but then it's also pretty rare. But also having it's those collectibles rare now. everywhere, like yeah. another game, you know, yeah. you just wouldn't. It's almost like we've gone past that, and we don't do that anymore. Um, and I and yeah. I'd say there's an element to that. We haven't talked about the combat, but there's an element to that with the combat as well. Let's segue into the combat. Yeah, I had a, that, that was my third uh, con. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and my last con was that some enemy mob encounter situations can be a bit sucky, and uh, <laughs> it could sometimes very quickly go south. Um, not not that it's too difficult, not at all, but uh, it, it wasn't a pleasant experience with some of these. Bit chaotic, uh, Ooh, rather the than. Yeah. I did not like those things. The enablers were really annoying. Yeah, with yes. those party horns, <laughs> which was funny and annoying at the same time. Yeah, uh, yeah. And most of them aren't infinitely spawned, apart from the couple of enablers where they were, which I found in one level would really annoy me. But oh, um, okay. Most of the doubts and stuff, and yes, it, it is all once again playing on mind-based themes. You know, some the judge being judgmental of you, the doubts, you know, coming mm-hmm. trying to hit you. What what the ones where you had to actually? Like, so okay, so there's a basic set of powers. You know, be it hit, punch, shoot with your side blast that are in every game, and then there's a couple more kind of in-tune stuff. Be it you know, you can was it clairvoyance going to people's minds. I did find myself generally falling foul of using the same movesets which generally got me through in um, combat scenarios more than having to mess around and i think anybody that's followed anything with this game would know that there is a fairly hot debate of whether they could have done a better solution than having to stop 
the game entirely to swap out powers. Yeah, that's, for current that's a powers. bit of a frustrating UI element so for they sure. Have four it's, powers. Uh, um, yeah. More, more button. Yeah, more buttons assigned to different powers by default may have been. Yeah, that, that's a yeah. good point. And, or, yeah, uh, or I some agree. kind of right stick yeah. use, but and then I, you lose the camera. But I, I get that there is only you know four face buttons on that pad, but then you yeah. have things like you know the camera, which you may ever use once in a blue moon, um, or you know we can sigh and psych out certain um, points of interest where you can jump around the environment. Like I. I use those really sparingly. Like, why did we not have more powers on the D-pad and then bring up a separate menu for um, yeah. utilizing? Like, I would, if I had the choice of just running around D-pad and the face buttons, having eight choices, I would have it would have been a hell of a lot easier to control the combat. Mm. But saying that, I found the combat to be fun, not necessarily anything best of class, but I think it was really competent. There were some funny scenarios. I quite enjoyed grabbing the judges' hammers and yeah. smacking them back and pyrotechnics for me is my go-to just power that up and burn pretty much everything thus negating having to use a lot of stuff all the time which i did a lot um oh we'll know how you how your psycho yeah, will, no, will, so, uh, will feel like it um <laughs> but yeah generally i just thought it was it was a really competent tackling of um of combat but not anything ex you know extraordinary at all yeah. Uh what but uh it it was it didn't indeed just suffice but there was um nicely uh the, the those later enemies like the judge you say uh those forced you a bit to use different tactics mm, two um, or three things. And that, that I liked. Yeah, yeah, to, to, because I I didn't use that grab uh, hand at all in ba in battles. No. Until until I faced that judge with his big uh gavel. Mm -hmm. It's more of a a hellhammer or something but it's uh um, and then i i used it i started to use it more on uh on a with, with separate and with different enemies I mean. yeah and the boss fights i i really did enjoy the 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 every boss fight was entirely different which uh yeah you don't see that often in these types of games no that's uh that's a good point uh i i think um i i often just based on past experience whenever I, I know a boss fight is looming i kind of start to dread it uh if anything in 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 this case i thought most of these were a little bit too kind of uh easy like lacking in challenge but for all that i was happy just to watch the the spectacle and hear the gags and just carry on yeah. carry on moving through the game it seemed like the boss fights were intended to be less of like a test of skill mm -hmm. and more just a they they were kind of scripted, right? For the most part, yeah. Like you were expected to do some pretty specific things most of the time in order to actually um, get to the end of the boss fights. I I don't know how I feel about the boss fight in the cooking show level. That's a lot of vomit. Um, <laughs> Bath, <laughs> Bath, not something yeah. not something you enjoy. If it was not not my favorite. I mean, I'm not like I I didn't. I, I do not feel that um, that I needed to turn the game off or anything, no, but it sure. was a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, a lot of barf. Yeah, yeah, if you don't like if you don't like barf, uh, you might might want to steer clear. <laughs> or right, eyeballs as well. Um, no, I mean there's not too much. Not most gamers, yeah. most gamers like barf. That's true. Oh yeah, and, totally. and eyeballs, but and a fun teeth. level. Well, they. I, I mean, to be fair, they do. There is a content warning at the beginning of this game that tells you. Yeah, that oh, yeah you're right. Gross stuff. This stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'd forgotten that. Gross and upsetting stuff. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, there's a lot. 
there are a lot of things in here that could potentially be yeah. really upsetting to people. So. Yeah, and, and Goblet's double fine in the way that they presented this game of being very much front to center about that stuff. Content warnings. Yeah. If you want basically just to experience going through the game, there's invincibility modes. There's, I think there's just like a story mode, a, a very little, I, I did actually didn't turn it on. So I assume very little combat happens if at all. Um, yeah, there's. Oh, no. Are there difficulty levels? In no, this there's. Game? there's I, I... Yeah, yeah. There's narrative combat difficulty, okay. which, as I say, I'm not sure whether it actually still spawns enemies or whether they just don't uh, hurt you. Whether they just they just don't. I hurt suppose you that would be the same as yeah. invincibility. So I, I don't know. Or just <laughs> insta-kill. But the, the yeah. fact that it's yes. there, and I remember there was a lot of yeah. conversation around at the time, you know, on social networks about, well, you know, people can just play it and go through it. And Tim Schafer's response was, uh huh. You don't have to, Enjoy. but you can. <laughs> like if yes. you don't want that, don't. What a crazy don't idea! Turn them on. Um, yeah, yeah, and there's a lot. Of, yeah. There's a lot of accessibility stuff, a lot of colorblind modes, and you know stuff there. Filters that allow people to, and yeah, that stuff I feel like should just be a given in many, many games. But it's it's increasingly the case, uh, yeah. and it's difficult. Yeah. It's difficult for for small studios to include all that stuff. I know we we've obviously spoken to Mikhail about that. They've added some what they can in terms of accessibility, mm. but. Obviously, when you've got like a, de- a development team of two and no budget, it can be <laughs> it can be challenging to add every kind of potential accessibility option you can have. But um, but bigger studios are increasingly considering this when they when they put stuff out there and making it an option, as it should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was uh, years ago with with the Dead Space series, for example, there was it was a was a, a person that didn't have any hands or just a couple of fingers or something mm-hmm. was, and he. Um, he just asked very nicely if if they could uh, add that you could just key map mapping the, yeah. the controller and yeah. everything, yeah. Uh, because it was just not EA didn't do that at all anymore. No, uh, right. with, uh, with all of the games, so yeah. what it was a, a very big deal about that. But it was a very large story, and ever since then they've started to implement more and more. And I think that's it's a really a good thing. Also with color blindness, indeed. I, I there are <laughs> especially uh, male. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's higher, com- that, more common in men. Yeah, it's way, way more common, and one in every four guys even as as a slight uh, yeah. color blindness, something like that. So that's very good that they do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's hear from Steve Norman from our forum, who says, "I never did get off the fence about this game, even now, months after finishing it. Unlike its predecessor, movement felt good in the main, but there were times where the camera went a bit old school and dampened my enthusiasm for the more complex platform areas." Apart from boss fights, combat was unnecessary filler, cutscenes were often overly long and dramatic, but for all of this, the promise of the next bewilderingly ingenious, utterly spectacular set piece kept me going. The psychedelic 60s level in particular was just jaw-dropping, and that memory alone is making me think I probably enjoyed the game on the whole after all. Rager, also from the forum, says, I really enjoyed it. It felt very similar to the first game, but tighter and more polished in just about every area. It didn't nail everything. The combat is a bit scrappy, but it's just so refreshing to see a AAA title and a 3D platformer to boot with this much imagination, humour and creativity. I don't we could probably debate whether it is whatever AAA means or whether it's a high a high polished double A, but anyway. Oh let's not let's not. <laughs> let's not. Who cares? Shields from our forum says this should have been a slam dunk, a three D platformer with inspired design and story is like catnip to me. But this just didn't land at all. In all fairness, I've never played the first game in the series, but I found the controls to be obtuse and difficult to get to grips with. 
borderline unusable in many of the overlong combat sections. The platforming concepts were very neat and clever, I'll give the game that, and the overall presentation blew my mind in many places, especially in the inventiveness of the enemies and the baggage collectibles. That was all but drowned out by the controls during combat, which left me feeling quite underwhelmed, and that was my main barrier. I found the management of the attacks and the abilities to be downright impossible to nail down, even after hours of playing. Now, while I understood that I was being asked to do what I was asked, being asked to do, the game felt like it was doing everything in its power to prevent me from just getting on with it. One battle early on, and I mean early on as it involves the entrance to a hospital, was a tangle of me fighting the camera and the controls to translate on screen what I was intending to achieve, whilst also figuring out how to batter each of the enemies with what felt little like little in the way of visual and auditory feedback as to which was actually doing anything. I get that this is a me problem but for the, mo uh, for the most part, but also feel that if a game sits so expectantly in my sights, such as an acclaimed 3D platformer, and for the trigger slash button layout to be such a high barrier, I replay Sonic Adventure regularly, so I'm up for shambolic controls and camera. <laughs> this feels like a little bit of a game issue too. I appreciate what was being presented to me, but it didn't click at all. Play the narrative combat option version shields. Uh, yeah, seems like that might be a good solution. That would switch that off altogether. All those issues gone. Yeah, but you can have it sometimes that that a game just oh, doesn't sure. gel with you. Absolutely. Yeah. I guess although I mean, if if they're having issues with like the camera and that kind of thing, then that might that's probably going to detract from the the platforming itself as well. It's it's funny. Like my initial response is like no, but at the same time, no, but at the same time, <laughs> I also think this is the kind of game where I can see see that exactly having an effect on somebody like i don't think it's polished from an inch of its life i can see why somebody might fall down there i don't necessarily agree with it but i could see how somebody yeah. could for full foul to that the camera control i thought was really really good for a game like this it's nearly always the case with these games even the the very good ones that there are some camera control issues and 30% of the time or something like that. For me personally, uh, I have this... Uh, and I, I'm, not, I'm not the biggest... Uh, comp I don't have uh, that many complaints because I, I like playing old games, so I'm used to... <laughs> to Terrible uh, controls. Yeah. To, to <laughs> crankiness. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, just you name it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, sometimes I didn't see, had had a good depth of field or something for uh, yeah. for reaching a rope from the air. Yeah, that's for landing always, on a rope. That's never. That's, but it, they're never going to nail that in on a two D screen. <laughs> it's just impossible. <laughs> no, but it's it's. I just moved the camera. A yeah, bit yeah, yeah. To to the left, it was more two D like, and then up there you go yeah. onto, onto the rope with res. Yeah, yeah. There's so. a reason uh, characters these days tend to get kind of uh, sucked towards things that they need to. They need to be on, which yeah. I think goes back as far as like Sly Cooper, Sly Raccoon, possibly. Mm -hmm. And I and I feel like they did they did maybe not an exceptional job on that, but a, a decent job on that here. I, I thought that the platforming was forgiving enough yeah. that I, I mean, you 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 still had to be pretty close, but it wasn't as like precise. Yeah. I think as, as as the first game really. Yeah, not as pixel perfect, and yeah, the mm -hmm. the physics are still kind of a, a a slight bit wacky, and like maybe there's some. There's some areas that you can go that you shouldn't be able to, and some that you should. I did that you soft can't. lock once um, oh, okay. because I got stuck <laughs> in a um, 
Well, it, it was it was partially my fault. This is this is what I mean when I say things like I, I went the wrong way mm. and got myself stuck because of it. Um, it was it was actually in the uh, the islands level. Um, I had uh, I had stopped in the middle of it for something and come back. And when I when I came back, I went to the wrong place and was kind of trying to go into the level in reverse, which looked like it huh. should work, but it yeah, didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and so I got yeah. stuck in like in between a couple of rocks and I couldn't jump out. And Raz was just kind of vibrating in there. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I can't get out of here. So I ended up having to go back. You to need a uh, Forza which Horizon fine, style um, reset car on track. Yeah. And, and I mean, but... a lot of games do have that. And yeah. I don't. That was the only time I, I, I ever got stuck. So or stuck physically. I do. Stuck, I do like but, a game um, of Prey Doors, and this had those as well, where you could you'd go through a level, and it was like, oh, you can see behind the level and go around the other side, and you're in a world, but you're kind of the world's behind you as well. Yeah. There's a fantastic yeah. scene in this where you're going around a cake, a layers of cake, and each time you go mm. around, a different layer of cake comes, and you're you're just walking around the same spot over and over again. My my girls yeah. were watching me at that time, going, oh, look at that one. God, can we have that yeah. one? You find love a confectionery. Yeah. You find level. yourself on the top of this cake, and it's like, how do we get over the candles? It's like, well, we do it like this. So yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd love a love a level like that. <laughs> the, the, those things are really are the cherry on top. Isn't it? <laughs> oh, he's he's out of here, or is he? In? Um, still, my favourite confectionery level ever is the one in the Mega Drive version of Castle of Illusion. Um, but but any game that lets you walk about on cakes Kirby, and biscuits, you know, I am here for it. You're a game, yeah. yeah. Well, the um, the the badges thing. Let's talk a little bit more about that because I didn't really use this too much, and I didn't. So there's a shop in the game. You can mm -hmm. buy stuff. Uh, there's. It, it, we should say that we haven't really fully gone into it, but there's actual levels which are set inside people's minds. There's m most of those, like six, fifteen, twelve something like that and there there's actually uh five real world outside areas which uh which you can explore yeah, 13 uh, you've, you've got 13 levels in total 13, yeah, hub world. 13. yeah basically. yeah, yeah. Uh, and yes the hub worlds which which uh which link together uh for the most part um and you can also explore there's shops and you can uh do upgrades to your powers which as i say i think the game is designed as such that you can you can probably get through without even engaging with that stuff too much but uh but it's there and it makes makes your life easier but the the badges are where you could actually spend most of your money uh citanium which which is just a, a purple kind of rock that's collectible in 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 the in the world and you start off with these very cheap ones which just make your your levitating balancing ball different colors and stuff like this but tony you're saying that actually if you invest all your titanium in these pins and keep chopping and you can only wear is it three at one time yeah which i think is somewhat limiting because you you find yourself yeah. some of the more comical ones which is you know turn your levitation ball purple like you don't want to use that when you can have double titanium drops like you know and you've only got three so you've got one that might make your side blast hit harder or you know your hit harder which is you know generally something more useful than having just a, yeah. a color swap or something so i'm not sh they should have made yeah. the they should have made the cosmetic ones uh Pretty much free that you yeah. could have more yeah mm. precisely uh, yeah. and the more yeah you, know, you can turn confetti and stuff like that like so there's 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 a fun element to to that stuff at the same time if you want to beef up so there's one called glass cannon where your damage does significantly more but obviously you take significantly more yeah. back so, you know, nothing that gamers would have never seen before. It's just a way of kind of building layers onto the system. But like you, Leon, I, I played with that stuff because I had I was collecting everything. So I had 
tons of money. So it was it made sense to basically buy every badge. Mm. At the same time, I'm pretty sure you could get through this game without really interacting with with that as a concept much. Um, I didn't do much with them myself. I I I had a couple equipped, but I don't. I, I don't remember which ones to be honest. Mm. And yeah, I, I did find it very weird that they that that the balance was kind of between purely cosmetic and actually effective I, in in some ways in combat. I it, guess in some re- regards, it's for you get them. You you get access to to better ones the higher you progress through your level rank, and you obviously get level ranks by collecting more stuff, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So if you're that way inclined, then you're going to be rewarded for getting yourself out there so there's some that are a lot behind level 54 although the level goes up to 102 i think that's the mm. max one that unlocks there um, yeah. there's one in particular which is very handy that basically halves everything in the store so one that gives you double titanium one that halves everything in the store so you can quickly if you're willing uh, yeah. to actually find yourself with many of the later badges even halfway through the game if if you you know if you're going for it but um, no it's just another way of adding something extra and that's what I mean by it feeling quite old school in, in that regards. Like these are optional kind of added extras for people yeah. that want to go out their way and get it. But it doesn't it doesn't really alter too much. No. Uh, but I mean, They're if you're like after the, some um, the Paper Mario badges. Yeah, but I mean, if you are after some collectibles, you know, having something that essentially allows you to jump further, hang higher or hang longer etc um, you know, that stuff does help because if you if you're trying you can buy stuff that makes you hang longer. Yeah. I'm sure. Uh-huh. Sure, I keep getting emails uh-huh. about that. Um, in this game, it's probably there. Oh. Um, yeah. And nothing more than that, Leon. You should just buy that stuff and be happy with your life. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, before we start start to wrap up, any other levels or sequences or stages or even characters or moments or beats in this game that you you want to shout out to? I really want to. I, I would really want to hit the the. Um the Bob's Bobbles level again, which is the island level, just because I I really thought that that was touching and it it yeah I I felt sad for uh you know the character who's uh Bob uh whose mind you are in at that point mm. because I I for for whatever combination of the writing and the performance and just the character design like he just he just looks so sad and mm. the, the first time. Raz leaves him on his island. He kind of catches him and he just says, don't leave me. Or he says, don't go or mm, something like that. Yeah. And just, I, I didn't want to. Yeah, like, yeah. Buddy, I'll stay here with you. There's a I'm few sorry. touching hey. moments uh, with his family as well. Like some. Yeah. 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 And, and it was, um, and he, uh, before you jump into his mind, what I also really liked about that was um, he says he doesn't want help. But the plants which in which he's in contact with, and he subconsciously uh, controls the plants, those uh, start helping uh, helping you, and then he really looks at you without saying anything. That he actually really wants you to enter his mind, but he mm-hmm. just is is too uh, all too locked up mentally to admit that. I, th- I thought it was really telling, and even though he looks like a ridiculous kind of uh, a, a fat leprechaun, or or, <laughs> or, 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 a, or a, some kind of Santa Claus, you really he he shows so much emo- emotion with his facial expressions that you really care for him within yeah. a couple of minutes, and, and it's it's really well done. And then you also find out that his um, that his lover is that big ass Viking dude. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yes. 
Yeah. And and they don't make an issue out of it. It's just the way it is. And I thought it yeah. was also beautiful. It was beautiful. So and uh, so that's a good way, good thing to point out. I thought they could have hammered that point home way harder than just Raz going, yeah, cool. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh. yeah. I, I was actually surprised by how little they made of that. It was, and I think that's a positive thing. And yeah, precisely. Yeah, I think that that's the best way to approach any of that. Just like there's one in a wheelchair. Nobody cares that he's in the wheelchair, and he's even the most obnoxious dude in the beginning. Mm. Uh, <laughs> which, uh, which is, it, it's it's filled with cool characters and lovely characters and and i think the diversity here also adds a lot of power to to the entire story what i want to emph- you want to say something no no, no i was going to say i think bob's i think it's called bob's bottles um that's the level and i th- i think yeah. that probably is the standout level of the game there's a couple others that i really like um but carry on i agree yeah i want to give a shout out to uh to to strike city uh, be- just from a gameplay and and visual perspective, so this is one where you go into uh, the the Forge Crawler who's in the bowling alley, mm-hmm. um, and it's a whole kind of uh, it, it's like a it's a mix between Marble Madness <laughs> and the levels of Mario Galaxy where you are standing on the the sphere. The yeah, um, yeah, uh, and I really like the um, the this kind of the the sticky stuff that you roll through in this, it just looks fantastic. I just, yeah. like, just like the mood of it. So, what, uh, what made me laugh was uh, the elevator that, that doesn't work up until you get to that level. Yeah. Like it's in many <laughs> games, but they make a joke out of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it all, all of a sudden it works again. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cassie's level, which is basically a level where you, uh, it's books and there's um, bookworms and wasps and the wasps have essentially dug out of all this paper and you're kind of going through the wasp hive visually really oh, yeah. really interesting yeah, and the fact yeah, that yeah. cassie herself is um 2d animation um but really really well done 2d animation against the 3d world mm. i thought was very well done which one is it where you're after yeah. the the moth and you're chasing down the rogue that's oh, the that bottles. is the boss yeah because i, yeah, I like the idea of... the <laughs> we keep no, but the, i like the, the idea <laughs> of the moth because it keeps saying it wants to protect Yeah, it's trying to protect, and, like, I'm trying yeah. to take this and protect it. Like, you can't handle the, you know, these issues. I need to take this away and protect this away mm. from you. Yeah, it's that, I just found that to be really good. Yeah, so there is a couple of really stand and, and the confectionery level, because every confectionery level in every game is awesome. <laughs> right. The cook-off level as well, I thought was really good. That was That's funny. Just- yeah. yeah, it's yeah. just it's not a, a conceit that really you would expect to see in a game like this because no. it's not I mean, it it has platforming elements to it. You need to, you know, kind of platform between the different places that you need the, the stations, I off, guess, yeah. uh, that you need to yeah. go to to complete your uh, your objectives. But it's not really a platforming. That's cooking level. mama or or or, uh, or overcooked, of, yeah. maybe a bit of overcooked. Yeah, some, something like that. But but yeah, I, I thought it was a uh, a unique way to kind of get that idea across and to uh, to, yeah. you know, have that have that play out. The dialogue is very funny. Um in the in in the in those scenes when you present the food and everything, mm, yeah, I thought that was very funny. The judges, because he, yeah, but because yeah, the characters whose mind you're in starts, <laughs> he he cannot sell at all, can cannot sell it at all what they've been what they've been making, and Rez cuts in with with his um, 
with his bravoure, so to speak. And what I th- thought was really funny about that level was uh, if you hurt yourself, then the audience starts clapping and laughing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, a funny detail. It has an element of the old, um, yeah, the sort of the jackass or, or the old yeah. uh, Japanese yeah. uh, endurance shows that we used to yeah, see. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, there's two two things I want to point out uh, about uh, this game, of, of besides the, the things we've already sure. spoken of. Uh, the... Uh, the hospital gamble, uh, a casino hospital level is filled with so much uh, puns also. <laughs> but uh, I thought that was really, you can you can really see that they thought of, well, how, uh, how, would, how would this world look like if a, if a casino and the hospital yeah, would, be, yeah. would be in one world? Yeah. And they really, they really... Uh, went all out because you, you visit so much different places and it's so weird and it's so funny. And uh, I, I was I was really playing that level very slowly, too slowly even because I realized, oh, I have just one day left to <laughs> finish this game. You have to replay game. this game. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it, I, I, it's it's so filled with details, that level also. Mm. And, and it's, it's perhaps the, the one that uh, has the most jokes. Uh, for yeah. me personally, and what I wanted to point out is the RPG elements, those um, those errands that you can do mm. and speak to Side all those quests. people in the hub world. Yeah, because it's almost a game in itself. You could approach it that way. Because uh, for our, uh, there was also in the same evening <laughs> I played through that level. I went to the forest where you can speak to your whole family. Yeah, which is all, uh, which is a circus, uh, circus family, mm-hmm. and you can you can. Play for hours Find all the radios in that forest. Yeah, your, your brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and for for, uh, for your queepy, mm-hmm. that, that your youngest brother, yeah. and also helping out your older brother, that's who's really nasty to you uh, for building up the to building up the tent and mm. everything. Uh, it it just could have been a point and click adventure almost yeah. if you cut out the uh, the levels uh, or or an evil. You know, you know what I mean. Uh, um, an adventure story mo- yeah, game, yeah. kind of. Yeah. Hyperdeath84 from a forum says, as with the first game, I like this game more as an idea than in practice. I, uh, the thought of jumping into people's minds and their personalities, defining their mental landscape is such a cool idea, but actually playing through them was never quite as fun as it could have been. The figments which litter every level are a novel idea in principle, but in practice they clutter what could be more expressive levels with ugly 2D sprites that remind you that there's lots of collecting to be done in a game that I think will be better off without it. This was slightly more forgivable in the original game due to its time of release, but adhering so strictly to the aesthetic and structure with the sequel hurts the visual design overall and stuffs the levels with unappealing collectathon aspects that I think detract from the idiosyncratic nature of each level. If each level is a distinct is uh, such a distinct and wacky expression of someone's psyche, then why are they all filled with the same visually unappealing collectibles? Well, they're not all the same is the thing. Uh, it's still a fun romp that dabbles with the moral consequences of jumping into and influencing other people's minds, but never really deals with it in a satisfying way. I had fun with it, but I didn't I love it. That answers my question from earlier, how some people react to that. Mm. So fair enough. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. And finally, from long form correspondence, we have Jobo Bonobo, who says, I was always excited to try out a sequel to Psychonauts, but thinking it was never going to happen because, well, Tim Schafer does not really have the best of luck when it comes to commercial success and is not really known for his blockbuster franchises. 
To see it finally happen, happening when it was officially announced a few years back was a shock to say the least, and it coming out 16 years after the original made me sceptical whether it could really capture what made the original so special. But I was also excited to try it out, and so Kane and Rince doing an episode on it in this volume gave me the encouragement to put it at the front of my ever-expanding backlog and give it a whirl. I'm happy to say that within five minutes it grabbed me completely, and the intro level is one of the most memorable ways of introducing to you the mechanics of a game by trying to navigate the mind of a bizarre, mad dentist. I felt exactly as I did with the original, exploring the hub world, collecting every little knick-knack and making mental notes of those areas that I couldn't access yet, that I could return to later when sufficiently powered up. The story was once again integrated with the main levels expertly and the creativity on display was staggering. Hospital casinos, winning cookery game shows to please demanding hand puppets, exploring <laughs> a large library by jumping between the pages of novels and my absolute favourite, helping someone figure out their identity by reuniting the senses for a big band reunion. While I enjoy the standard platform tropes of grass, lava and snow worlds, when they're done well, seeing unique level ideas like the ones in Psychonauts 2 really made me appreciate the incredible synergy between level design and narrative that Double Fine crafted. One of my favourite things to do was chatting with the many bizarre characters and choosing from a selection of equally strange dialogue options, all of this being complemented by brilliant voice acting and charming writing. While there were certain platforming sections that were a bit troublesome to get through, nothing approached the frustration of the meat circus in the original game. In fact, my only real complaints were the loading times that were a little on the long side and that the frame rate could hiccup every now and then. But besides that, I really felt this was a more than worthy follow-up to one of the most unorthodox 3D platformers out there, and it honestly exceeded my expectations. If you want a fun world to play through with a diverse moveset, a compelling story with a weird cast of characters and originality galore, then I absolutely recommend Psychonauts 2 and am more than happy that it finally got to be made after all these years. Our happiest correspondent there is Joe Bobonobo. We also have a few who contacted us with three word reviews. Follow us at Kane and Rince. Uh, Hyperdeath84 says, too many figments. Colin Alonso says, needs more Sam. Ludo Narrative FM, surprisingly acceptable sequel. Pyramid of Fear says, play these knots. <laughs> <laughs> and Joe Bobonobo says, worth the wait. So just for us to conclude really now, um, I'm not really negative about the game, but I'm going to go first because I think other people may be even more positive about it. I had a lovely time playing Psychonauts 2. Yes, it is a bit of a throwback in some aspects of gameplay, but in not in ways that, that, uh, that I found a problem. Um, some of the rough edges of the original that even playing it in 2013 when it was some years old uh, were an issue that made meant that I came away from that game feeling um, as kind of annoyed at it as I was amused by it which is not necessarily ideal whereas this time yes uh, you know I can imagine some people maybe uh, kind of like the uh, the self-flagellating aspects of the old platformers but that's not really what I'm here for and certainly not when it comes to a a game that is that yeah that has has quite I, I don't know exactly what it has to say about everything and maybe it doesn't 
come to great conclusions, but along the way, there's a lot of genuine heart and emotion and warmth and wit that you'd expect from Tim Schafer and the team that he's got together uh, of artists and musicians made such a, a striking and unusual, outstanding game world that's just fun to be in, um, even if you do occasionally, you know, fall off the wrong platform or whatever. Um, stuff like that kind of retreats into the into the background for me in the face of so much kind of um, charisma and and imagination. Absolutely, if you have Game Pass, uh, there's just no reason not to try this out. I imagine now that the game is uh, a year or whatever old, um, I, I expect it will pop up in deals on the other formats that it's available on from time to time. And um, yeah, well, you've heard what we've had to say. It's probably worth checking out. I'll leave it there. Leah. So I, I mean, I think I feel largely similar to most, I, I think we're all kind of in, in a similar uh speak uh, for all of us Leah. Here, but... <laughs> okay um <laughs> i um what I, what i will say is that i um having played the original psychonauts relatively recently all things considered like within the past year i um i i think i'm in a position to maybe have a pretty decent idea of the improvements that they made here and i i'm very impressed by and i know that there's a pretty significant gap in between the two games but even still i'm impressed by the fact that they were able to do all that and still make it feel like the same thing and i don't say the same thing as in like this is oh this is just repeating what they've already done it's not it's not that it's that it's that they feel like they belong together they feel like they are you know the same, i mean they obviously they are the same characters doing you know largely similar things but now it's just kind of better uh, it it feels better to play the platforming feels uh smoother it feels like there's less resistance to what you're doing and I I had I had fun with it. I, I it was a very kind of breezy experience for me. Mm. Not necessarily in the content. There's a lot there that gives you a lot to think about and it, it is worth saying that if you are not ready for that kind of thing, then it can be tough in places, especially if you have experience with the types of uh mental trouble that uh, a, a lot of these characters are going through. So I, I won't say unreservedly go into this. Uh, I think that if you are interested in it, and especially if you're interested in it and you've listened this far, uh, it, it is worth playing. It is, uh, especially if you have access to Game Pass, uh, which I know a lot of people do. So it, it is, if it's there for you, then I think it's uh, a good one to, to pop into. Um, just, you know, know that there's, it, it it looks great and it looks cartoony, but there is some kind of heavy stuff in there. So that's really the only caveat. Mm. And I don't say that again, I don't say that as a bad thing. Just, you know, be aware of it if it's something that's going to affect you. Uh, otherwise I would say, yeah, this is a, um, an, a good experience and um, obviously one that you can play within three days, I guess. <laughs> so um, yeah. that's, um, that's <laughs> well, uh, that, that, that ain't easy if you got two kids and everything. <laughs> Maybe not know. the best experience to play it in that time, but you can. Sacrifices so, uh, anyway, people make to get on this yeah. podcast. Yeah. yeah. Well, honestly, I felt like uh, when I was a student 20 years ago, uh, <laughs> I got way, I, 
I've got way better things to do and I have to get up early in the you? morning. But what am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing? I'm playing games up until 3 a.m. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah, anyway, my, my conclusion there is I, I think that if you are interested in this, you should play it. Yeah, it's nice. Revolutionary. Tony. <laughs> my, my take, not the game. Yes, got it. <laughs> <laughs> and Leo was right. I mostly agree, but no. <laughs> um, yeah. I told you. No, the, so is this the tightest game I've ever played, be it combat, be it platforming? No, no, not really. Uh, but from a visual standpoint and from uh, the ability to handle the stories that are in there, I think it is you know right up there with the very best. Um, I found it fascinating to play this game. It's, as I said earlier in the show, it, it's like the, the line just carried on from games of old and where would we be 15 years later if we didn't necessarily uh, evolve in the in in some aspects and this is kind of where we ended up with psychonauts and that sounds really damning but actually it's it's a fascinating to me a fascinating case study of of what someone can do with old game design and bring it into um, a modern sensibility be it via its what it the, you know, the themes that it's tackling or even amalgamating all those things into some coherent piece that somehow has the emotional pact which Psychonauts 2 does. And I, and I don't think that's easy. I think that's incredibly hard, incredibly de delicate, and these are deft touch. So for me, I think, if anything, Psychonaut 2 um, elevates it into a kind of upper echelon of interesting games that you should play because it manages to kind of combine old school game design with more modern day thinking and for that i think you know that's high praise indeed um i will echo what leah said though i think there should be a little bit of content warning here it's you know there was times i was playing this in front of my girls and thinking i guess they don't really understand the themes of these so it doesn't really mm. matter but at the same time I don't actually know what certificate the game is i think it you know I but think it's, it's not for yeah, children no, that's for well, sure yeah i think you know Play the actual gameplay. I think is 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 fine for children, but you know whether they actually get some of the the, the more deeper themes would be, you know, wasn't really showing with the parent, which I, I guess is you know me bringing up children in a kind of good light that they don't know about alcoholism and stuff like that. But um, it's time they learn. Tony. Yeah, yeah, it's about time they learn. <laughs> but no, um, I have high praise for this game. Um, yeah, for 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 the few flaws, I think it does have. I think it actually yeah, knocks it out of the park in other areas. So. Yeah, thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed my time with Psychonauts 2. And yeah, hopefully, hopefully we get a sequel to it and it's not going to be another yeah. god dozen, 15 years down the line. 17 yeah. years, whatever it was, 15 <laughs> years. Um, yeah, I, the original was a T for teen in America. I mean, that sounds about right. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking at it now. A T for teen in America, but Peggy 7? That doesn't quite line up. No. Oh. Hmm. That's, and that's this one, is it? That's the... Yeah. All right. Well, as always, these ratings are, are a guide for parental discretion, for sure. Anyway, sure, Peter, your conclusions, please. Yeah, I, I could keep it very short and uh, just say what they said. Yeah, but it's uh, yeah, I, I also thoroughly enjoyed this game um, even more. I, I had pretty high expectations, um, and they were met and surpassed. And uh, it was for me personally so much fun to to step into a tim schafer game once again it, it has been a while for me and it really felt 
like uh like like a more thought out story than he, that he than he has ever made with uh with more adult themes but also not losing the humor that goes with it and it's so colorful and diverse the worlds you visit and it's it's just brimming with originality in that regard and gameplay wise it's a bit old school but it's it feels well not perfectly polished but pretty refined and uh i just really liked it it's it's uh it, those rpg elements i also really liked and i <laughs> i wish that i that i had a little bit more time to <laughs> to really uh suck those in so I, I skipped on some conversations uh, with something I normally never do. Mm. I just go go uh, go talk to everyone because I like that stuff. And um, yeah, it, it's I'm definitely going back to this game and uh, and hundred percent it. I think because it, it's a lovely world to spend time in. It's very original. It's it's you can't compare it with with anything almost the way it it feels and the atmosphere and the characters and everything. I also highly, highly recommend it, and uh, it's at least something you should try because it's in. Even though it feels old school and it has some old school elements, uh, it's very original in uh, in almost everything else. Wonderful. So uh, it just remains for me, Leon, to thank Leah, Tony. Now, Peter, where can people find you and your stuff on the internet? Yeah, well. Um, for the international audience, it's uh, I, I've just at the time of this recording and the time that this will come out, uh, at least one English spoken episode of my own podcast uh, will have been released, and that's the Knights of the Retro Table, and it will be available on uh, on all podcast uh, channels, apps, and everything. And I've got my own website, uh, which <laughs> it's contains only dutch uh outrageous articles how dare you write in yeah. your own language <laughs> yeah in, in my own uh in my own uh local dutch we can use the uh, uh we can use the many tools of the internet to translate it of course yeah yeah some people actually do that yeah. uh because i'm uh, because uh, my uh internet name so to speak is, is retro game papa uh, which works in dutch and in english yeah as if I thought it out beforehand, and it's uh, <laughs> retrogamepapa.nl, but it's all I've also claimed .dot com, uh, but work. it refer it yeah it sends you through to the .dot nl side for now, uh, but also on Instagram and Twitter I'm at uh, I'm, I'm retrogamepapa and I uh, I show off a lot of my uh, my game collection and I post some stuff uh, regarding my own podcast and everything. So uh, fantastic, yeah. fantastic. It's always uh, yeah, thanks. As always, I'd also like to thank editor Jay. Long-suffering and hardworking, <laughs> as well as our correspondents, <laughs> and of course you for listening. Next time in issue five hundred and twenty-nine, Bondage Disco Anime Space Cops in Platinum Games Astral Chain. Oh. Lost alone, neither skin nor bone. Just a thought is all I've got Now my cover's blown At the bottom of a lake Of frozen feeling When my friends pulled me back up I started Healing Healing 
molecule through my cosmic eye. Senses are the magic key.